Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to this episode of Be The Wolf. (laughs) I am here today with financial advisor Joy Rollins. She has quite a story, and she is reclaiming her birthright in so many areas of her life. So I am super excited. Hello, Joy. Welcome. Hi, Janaya. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. And you, of course, are a financial advisor. So not everybody knows exactly what that means. Can you tell the people a little bit about what it is that you actually do? Yeah, so that's a great question. And a lot of people do ask me that. I really just help people get their finances organized. We make a plan. We stick to it. And we even do things like managing debt. So really someone that's there to give you a second opinion and help get your finances in order. And I know so many people need that because I was brought up to learn a lot about money. My family was like, oh, hold on to it. Be very careful with it. Know exactly how much you have, all of that stuff. But a lot of people really have no idea how to do a budget. They don't know how to even balance a checkbook. I mean, granted, people aren't really using checkbooks these days so much, but it's very, it's very valuable. And I think especially for people that grow up in, I'm just going to say it, people who grow up poor, one of the reasons a lot of people are so poor is because they have no idea how to manage their finances. That's a great point. Yeah. And it really, for me, that really affected my childhood and and my whole life. So yeah, I think that's such a great statement. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into your story and, you know, your beginnings were, as you just said, not necessarily full of riches. (laughs) Do you want to share a little bit about how you grew up? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So I am the fourth child. Um, My parents were both very highly educated. Um, My father was a a writer for uh, Lockheed Martin and NASA. My mother was a software engineer back in the 80s, but they were not great with managing money. And so I grew up in a very violent, volatile home, um, never being sure that I'd have a place to sleep never being sure that I would have food to eat. 
Uh, we moved a lot in a lot of different schools, um, and that just led to a lot of physical and emotional abuse from my parents towards each other and towards myself and my siblings. So it was a very difficult place to grow up in um, and not really having that, that assurity that I was going to have food really led to a, a lot of terrible things within my life. So it's what led me to the place I'm in right now, right? Becoming a financial advisor and helping other people's stories not be the same. You don't have to have a million dollars to have a financial advisor. You just have to have a need. And we can avoid some of those things with that advice. Yeah, that's something I think that's really key is you don't have to have a million dollars to have a financial advisor. I think most people think, oh, financial advisors are for rich people. And I want to touch on this. I didn't know this aspect of your story, and I know a lot of your story, um, but I didn't know how well educated your parents were. And I think we are spoon fed this dream, this story that if you just get a great education, everything will be okay. You have to go to college. If you go to college, then your life will be magically somehow unfold and you'll be okay. You'll make a good living. You'll get married, have kids, whatever it might be. And I think it's so interesting that your parents had a great education and they still were not able to provide enough for themselves and their family. Yeah. And I, and I love that you said that. I think that's really important that, you know, education is not key to escaping our stories and our beginnings. And it's not an escape from poverty. Even uh, my parents were very, are very smart people. They're both living, they're still married, um, but they did not seek the advice of others. They, they really um, relied on their own intelligence which they felt was enough and really financial advising, it requires a specialty, right? Someone that can look outside that's not emotionally involved, right? You've got four kids at home, right? We've got to make the mortgage. Now let's kind of steer away from some of these decisions that we're making that are really hurting our finances and then adding stress to ourselves and allowing abuse and allowing those things in because of those financial stressors. Not to say that everyone that's got financial stress is abusive, but it is a catalyst for those um, who are. It really does help exacerbate the situation. Yeah, well, in the work that I do, I unwind so much of the money issues and the stuff that makes people not be able to deal with the stress and we literally reprogram that stuff out of the brain. But one of the things when you are unable to manage your own stress levels very easily and finances are one of the biggest stressors because it is one of those things that it, in some ways it determines whether you live or die. It's like you have, do you have enough money to live? And then what happens if you don't live? And, and I've had, I've known people that have ended up in homeless shelters and you end up in these places and it takes so long to climb out of being poor, being that dire of financial straits is actually incredible incredibly expensive. 
It is. That's so true. And so hard on our health, not just yeah. our mental health, but our health, but our physical health. Right. I yeah. love that you said that. I think it's so true. So true. Yeah. So you wanted to change your life. You wanted something bigger, grander, greater. What were some of the first things that you did to get out of the pattern of what you grew up in? That's a great question. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I made that decision. I think the first part was a recognition. And the recognition was the ones who hurt you or broke you, depending on where you are, can't be the ones to fix you, right? There is no glue that that you go back to this person and you look for their love and their comfort. Well, they were never healthy to begin with, right? And so for me, um, I was about 40, maybe 41, and I really look, took a step back. Something very terrible happened. Uh, my mother physically assaulted me. Um, it was very strange. It had been many years. Um, and I took a step back, even in that moment. And I said, this is not the life I want, right? This is not, I can't continue down this path and this codependency and this hope that my mother will be my mother, this narcissistic, clandestine, physically, emotionally abusive person can't be my mom. I have to accept that first. Because if I can accept the things that are hurting me in my life and holding me down and I can walk away from that, then I can start to make those decisions that make me feel free of that pain. So when that happened, when that event happened, I said, that's it. I am leaving behind the, the paycheck to paycheck. I'm leaving behind the it's not okay to be successful because people who come from abusive families may feel guilty, guilty that I am more successful than my siblings or my parents. So that was the catalyst. That event was the catalyst. And then I said, no more. I'm going to cut off my relationship with my whole family. Um, and it happened not just in that moment, but it took some time, cut them all out, except for nieces and nephews, and just said, it's time. And it was in my mind. And when I made that decision, it made everything else doable. If I can walk away from 40 years of abuse and those kind of relationships, I can do anything I want. Yeah. That is incredibly powerful. And one of the things that this part of your story makes me think of is they've done studies with rats where the rat is in the terrible, terrible place. And if the rat feels like it's lacking something, if it's starving or something, it will go back to the terrible home because that's where it feels like need and comfort, even though that place may be like the worst place ever. And I've seen this time and time with my clients. And one of the things that we work on is filling your own needs, because what we unconsciously do as human beings, if our needs were not met as children, we will continue to go back to our parents or our lovers that act very similarly to our parents. And we will go back seeking those things that we needed when we were young. And even on the flip side, which if you end up finding somebody that's great and does fill your needs, sometimes this will cause people to 
the reaction is that they will stop moving forward in their own life because they just want to be taken care of so badly because they did not get that when they were children. And so for you to choose, and this is a such a big be the wolf quality, for you to choose that you were going to be the one to satisfy and fulfill your own needs instead of running back to the family over and over for the love and the support you did not get as a child is huge and so commendable. I say bravo, bravo. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I am I'm, this this part of me um, that's developing into my own hero. And, and I've, I think I said this to you. There was a stage in my life where that led me to go, hey, what is my power? What is my what is my superpower? And so I tell people, you know, you start off as a victim, right? That's not your choice. It happens to you. And uh, then you become a survivor. So you make that that choice to, to either because you made the choice or just because you reach that point in your life to become a survivor. And then you be, can become a thriver and you can go back and forth between these three things over and over. But I'm now in that stage where I am my own hero. There's no more thriver. There no, there's no more survivor. There's no more abuse victim. That little girl exists in my psyche. And every day that I am my hero is me lifting her up. Every day I'm lifting her up. And that mindset makes you go, she deserves to get out of that dark corner. She deserves it. And I'm the one to make that happen. The people that want to, to act that way, that we know our husbands, spouses, friends, whatever, it's okay to say, my needs matter. And my mental health matters. And my financial health matters. And that becomes a place where we stop a cycle that so many before us have gone has gone through. You hear people in personal development say things like, you have everything you need within you to do whatever it is to handle anything and everything. And, and while this, it, it is true, but it also doesn't feel like that when you're in a dark space. And part of the way you get through that is by healing yourself. And you, it sounds like you use some of, that what some of the techniques that a lot of people are using, which is, <coughs> excuse me, I'm inhaling my saliva. <coughs> I'm like, my inner child is thirsty. I was about to talk about inner child. My inner child is thirsty. So I'm feeding it some saliva down my window. <laughs> I love it. So, but yeah, by nurturing your young self because your young self all all the versions of you that have ever existed exist in your mind and so by nurturing your young self you're actually healing those past wounds and when you do that you don't you no longer have the need to react with that emotional like need and fear that you did when you were a child because your mind doesn't really understand, your unconscious mind doesn't really understand the concept of time. It just knows that, oh, now my six-year-old self is full of love. And so we get to actually 
this is how we have everything we need within us is by being able to do that. Now, in a given moment, you may not, you may be overwhelmed with emotion and you may not have access to be like, hold on, I need to nurture my inner child. That's so true. Um, Yep. And we get to forgive ourselves. So it's, you know, it's little by little, you, you make those steps. So, you know, you do have everything within you to take care of yourself, to heal yourself. And you might not always have access to it because of things that loop in your mind, uh, thoughts and traumas and whatnot. That's an important piece that I share with clients. So I tell people I'm called a financial advisor, but I see myself as a financial therapist and I share this story very readily to with every client that has that need. It is okay to be hurt. It is okay to not be okay. It is okay when you have a trigger and those things come back and you're back to survivor, you're back to abuse victim because it's cyclical and it happens. Something will, I've had a male client that yelled at me and I took the entire day off because it was so, it hurt me so deep. And I accept that part of myself and say, you're not weak. You are strong to recognize that you are not going to always be okay. But it doesn't mean that that means go back to the people that hurt you, look within yourself, call your therapist, call the suicide hotline, get help in those moments where you need to talk about it and know it doesn't make you start at the beginning. It's just part of the process. And there is no full healing from a hurt like that. No one should experience that from the hands of their parents. No one. The human mind is not made for it, but thankfully, we are resilient, resilient creatures and we can be strong and we can. So I, I mentioned that I talked to my clients about this. My hurts are a part of my business. They are a part of how I give advice because I remember how money feels when you haven't had it. One of the things I think that's so important, I know in the work that I do and it sounds like in the work that you do one of the reasons people come to us is because they know that we understand what they're going through. We understand what they've been through and we have found our way out, which shows people that they can follow our guidance and, and feel heard and feel seen and be able to do and process and move through their own healing, which is so cool. I love it. It gives me chills just talking about it. It's it's why I do what I do. I, and I can't imagine doing anything else. I just can't. It's just such a great thing. I love that you do that for people. You are, you are one of the healers that this world needs because there's a lot of us hurt people out there that are seeking that guidance. When you chose to walk away, did you step into financial advising right away? Did you know that's what you wanted to do? How did you move from saying goodbye to your family, right? Your birthright is joy, happiness, prosperity, abundance, all of these things. And so one part of reclaiming that is to cut the family out and then you were moving into financial advising. So tell me how you moved into that direction for you and why was it 
Was it just because you wanted to be able to have be a master of your destiny? What was it about financial advising that lured you? Well, I've been with the, the company for 15 years now. Um, and at the time it, it was, I can't remember what year I was in at that point, but uh, something happened at work. Um, a, a lady called to get the financial advisor's help. Um, and she was recruiting and I was like, oh, can I please help you with this recruiting team? Because I love this company and I think financial advice is so important. And she said, well, Joy, why aren't you? And I don't know what it was about that moment. This, now, this is like maybe six months between. She said, why aren't you? And I said, why aren't I? Why aren't you? Why aren't I? It was like kind of back and forth for a few minutes. And I'm like, I don't know. She said, go for it. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's go for it. I, I'm ready to do it. And the worst that can happen is they're going to say no. Right. And so um, I was interviewed. I did a day in the life. And at the end of the day in the life, which is just it, it's like pretending to be a financial advisor for about six hours. I loved it. I loved it. And the actors that I was working with, they have actors that pretend to be clients. They were like, we kept talking longer than the time that we were allowed because I just realized I could reach them and they could see me and I could see them. And together we could make this plan and collaborate. And it just felt like the most important thing in the world. It just felt like what I was born to do. And I'm getting emotional. What I was born to do, because there's a thousand kids out there like me who I could help by helping their parents. And there's a thousand parents like my parents that could have had a better life and a better marriage and just a better outcome overall. And I have that ability to take this knowledge and help them make better decisions and do right by their kids and break the cycle that they're in. Why wouldn't I do that? And so for me, that's really why somebody said, why won't you? And I said, well, why won't I And I'll just do it? Believe in yourself. Pull up your big girl pants. Let's do this. Let's get going. I love it. And that's one of the things like I think about for me, I don't have any children, but some of my clients are parents. So I get to leave a legacy through them because their parents are better parents because of the work we do. Uh, their parents are happier and show up for their children in a much more, more profound way. And so I love that. I know you have kids, but you are also creating a legacy with these parents and these kids as well. So your legacy gets to ripple out into the world in so many different ways. And that's one of my favorite things when people get to cause ripples. Love it. I love it so much. And, and I love that you said that about helping your clients' kids. Because for me, um, I've had parents bring in their teenagers and sit down. I'm like, let me tell you the power of the knowledge that I can share with you. I'll share with anyone. You have to be my client. You just call me. I will tell you because we make the world a better place. This is our future is now. We are the future. And if we can do that and implant those seeds in ourselves and in others and the children of others, we just have a more peaceful, more kind world. And that's what we need. 
Yeah. One thing I think that's really important when you say like the future is now, it really is because the choices you make and your actions that you take right now, they're playing out in your life one month, six months, five years, 10 years from now. And it all starts with what you are doing now. And so many people are making reactive choices out of fear, out of, I just want to like treat myself because I had such the worst day ever. And, you know, not realizing that those choices stack up. And then you're, you know, a couple months down the line, you're like, I don't know why my life is so terrible. I don't know why I'm still in this job that I hate. I don't know why I can't pay my rent. And it's because of those choices that you made a while back. So when you learn how to make good choices, when you learn to not let emotional craziness rule your choices or lack of knowledge, which is really important, rule your choices, you start automatically creating a better life for yourself, your family, the people around you. It is a power that's that, that we have. And you know what? All of us, we all have specialties. Every single person, anybody watching this, you know you're good at something. You know you're good at something. So that's your specialty. And that's what I would hire you for, or Jenea would hire you for, right? Hire the people, hire Jenea for what her specialty is because she's there to guide you through it. Hire me for my specialty because I'm there to help you through it, right? Reach out. And that's that, that idea of a village. I think people might not like that statement so much, but I find it very true in my life, right? Um, my two children are adopted. They're both biracial, uh, sibling pair coming from a very hard place, just like myself. And when we were adopting, it was very difficult. I mean, anybody that adopts from foster care will know what I'm saying. Um, but my community helped me. There were people that had already adopted the same type of situation and helped me through it. I'll lean on that. That's what we're here for, to help each other through those things. We can't have all of the knowledge ourselves. Like... I used to say, if I was immortal, it would be so great because I could gather so much knowledge. I could learn all of the things, maybe. <laughs> maybe there would be time to learn all of the things. But it's not possible for us to learn all of the things in one lifetime. And so being able to lean into other people that have different superpowers than us. And one of the things that you all need to hear, if you have a traumatic background, a lot of the things that you learn because of that background, a lot of your coping mechanisms become your superpowers. And even when you heal your trauma, you get to keep those superpowers. So maybe you learn how to be really attentive and see what's going on in an entire room. Right. I could do that. I would like walk into a room, 18,000 backup plans would know everything, everything that could happen, might happen, blah, blah, blah. Very stressful way to live. But I still have those superpowers. I can do it if I need to. I don't live in the space where I need to anymore. So jumping in further into financial advisor, you took... So you took that leap. I mean, financial advising is a very male dominated field. Yes, very. And so how did you break free from that kind of stereotypical 
way of financial advising? I love that you asked me that question. It is very male dominated, still is. Um, but I was like, you know what? Uh, some another advisor said, don't wear a dress. Uh, another advisor said, don't write in pink. And girl, I lean into all of that. I wear a dress every day. My hair has been pink. I have a Barbie doll over there. That's uh, Maya Angelou, who I love. Uh, my office is very feminine. You can kind of see it behind me. This is, I lean into the person that I am. My femininity is my power. And so typically, you know, when we've got this male dominated world, I, you get all this advice and all this noise around you to be as male as you possibly can be. And I don't need to do that. So I am showing the women in this community and the, and the women that reach out to me, hey, we already have the power. We're already there. We don't need to break a glass ceiling or ask for a seat at the table. We got our own damn table. We made our own table and that's what I lean into. And so when I, when I advise clients to come in here, you know, th there's never a time where I have some expectation that they act a certain way. We laugh, we cry, all of those things that are me, that make me the woman that I am, I lean into. And I don't ask, I don't ask permission. I don't need permission. I am the woman that they need. That's it. Yes. You don't ask permission. <laughs> you know what? I don't say I'm sorry. I don't say I'm sorry that I spoke. I don't say I'm sorry that I'm powerful. I don't say I'm sorry that I cry. I don't say I'm sorry for my emotions because I'm not. I'm proud of those things. I'm proud of who I am. And, you know, if if you're in a male dominated industry like me, when you show that you're not willing to compromise who you truly are and the integrity that you feel is is paramount, then you you don't again, you just don't ask permission. You just are who you are. And if it's male dominated, then we're going to take it over. Watch out. Because we're coming. <laughs> One of the things that I love about you talking about not saying sorry and being exactly who you are. One of the things, and I may get some slack on this, is as women, societally and people of color experience this to other people as well. But when you grow up, in a world where it is demonstrated to you over and over that you are less than, people tend to believe it. And because most people grew up in households where at least people that are older, I think this is happening less and less, which is wonderful. But people who are older grew up watching the actions that the woman was less important than the man. And because of that, there becomes this unconscious belief that happens deep down that's been there for so long that most, well, not necessarily most, but a lot of women actually think that they are less than, not consciously, very consciously, they know that they are equal and just as good as a man, 100%. But because there's this unconscious programming that's been that happened when they were little sponges and 
growing up and seeing that demonstrated to them, plus societal things coming at them, that because that belief is there, they will show up less than. Just like you were talking about how people go back to the people that hurt you. You keep going back to trying to get that love, trying to get that need. When you show up at deep at an unconscious level and you think deep down that you are not enough, you do not show up as your powerful self. So you might walk into one room and interview with a powerful woman. You might do great. You might show up fully as yourself, but then you walk in and you interview with an old white guy and he's, you know, all the things that you were taught that is more important than you. And all of a sudden you put your foot in your mouth. You're not as powerful. You're not coming off as confident. And because of that deep underlying belief, a lot of women are not showing up as their best selves, which is one of the things that makes me so excited about the fact that I get to help people clear that out of their unconscious mind because when we have more and more women, more and more people across the board showing up as their most powerful self, truly who they are, knowing that they are valuable and worthy, we will create a better world because people will not be bending and kowtowing to other people and you will be able to allow your gifts to shine. And that, that is what will create the better world that we all claim that we want and deep in our hearts, what we really want. I 100% agree. I think what you said was so apropos. Um, I think about, uh, when I'm on Zoom meetings during this whole pandemic. And often I see my female colleagues, um, they're talking or they talk at the same time as a man and they apologize and acquiesce. Don't do that. You've got something important to say. It's not polite. It's patriarchal. Move forward and say what you need to say. Don't apologize that you both spoke at the same time because um, and, and again, I love that you're not saying generally, but in those situations, I've seen them and they never apologize if they speak over our women. So don't you, you owe no apologies. You owe no smiles. You owe no makeup. You know, no, you don't owe getting your hair done and looking nice. You be who you are as it makes you comfortable and lean into it. If you're a trans woman, if you're a, a person of color, that's a woman, whatever it might be lean into those things and don't apologize because I promise you the people that are that are stepping on you or ignoring you or whatever it might be or just existing you know they're not going to apologize you be that powerful subject um a, a little story about that if you don't mind sure so my son at the time he was 14 uh he's a person of color he's biracial black and white uh he was in middle school and pretty horrible racial racist things happening to him. Uh, people calling him a monkey, making noises at him like he was a monkey, um, asking if they could say the N word. It was a terrible experience. So we went to the school and we advocated for him. You know, I use my white privilege to stand up for my son all day, every day and my daughter. And so we did. Um, and so we worked on resolution um, and we went home and something happened the next week. And my son said, uh, mom, just, just 
trust them and believe in them that they are trying to do the right thing, right? When they're still calling him these names. And I said, honey, you don't have to worry about taking care of them and their emotions. It is okay to stand up for yourself, say this is my boundary, say this is wrong, whatever it is. You deserve the best of this world. You are equal. There is equity. You must stand up and say it's not okay. Or use me to be your voice when you can't do it. We have to do that for ourselves as women um, in a patriarchal society. That's just unfortunately the way it is. We can yell and scream about it, but we got to do the work because they're not going to do it for us. Yeah. And that is honestly, that is how people learn it culturally. You know, we've been taught to be quiet and to be meek and to not stand up for ourselves, all of those things. And then there are like lots of men that push the boundaries. But so many of the women just stayed quiet, stayed meek, did not draw their boundaries, did not draw their lines. So I love that you're teaching your son to do that because he needs to know. And everybody, I don't care if you're white, you're black, you're purple, if you're a woman or if you're a man, you each person needs to know that you are valuable, you are worthy, you have a right to be here. And that is so incredibly important. Now, you don't need to be aggressive and hurt other people to make your point. It's something so simple as... I remember being in a class and one woman was saying, you know, I walk down the street and the men will never move out of the way for me. And I said, I don't have that experience at all. Men always move out of the way for me unless, you know, occasionally, very rarely, but it's a weird situation. So it has a lot to do with how you show up as to how you will be treated. I've always walked very strong on the street. Part of that was, you know, protection and be, but because of that, because I showed up that way, people would move out of the way. And if I showed up meek and meager, people are not going to move out of the way. So how you show up is an indication of how you're feeling inside and it will totally translate into how people treat you. That's so true. And I think it's important to know there are there is ugliness in the world. Absolutely. Uh, there are people that will hurt you purposefully. There are people that have ugly spirits in that moment or having a bad day. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that those things are happening. But you can take the power to say, no, that's unreasonable. That's not OK with me. And and being who I am, I can't always say that I'm like, Hey, you know what? You need to shut up and blah. like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a hammer. But what I do, if this gives you an example, anybody that's listening, I'm on a Zoom call. A guy starts talking the same time that I'm talking and I just don't stop. I just finish my sentence and that might feel like a hammer to you, but do that hard thing. You may find your value and go, wait a second. There is value, right? The men that aren't moving, girl, stretch your stuff, go make that power. And they're wrong, but you gave yourself the power. Don't ask them for the permission. Don't ask them for the power. They're never going to give it. Just take it. Well, and the thing is, is you have it. 
you have it within you. There is no need to ask permission. There is no need to give or take it. It just is. It is your birthright. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. The birthright. I agree 100%. Love it. So, speaking of birthrights, there's another piece of your birthright that you are reclaiming. You went to school for, tell us what you went to school for originally. I was a piano performance major, so music performance. I took it for many, many years. Yes. So when I was 22, um, my father physically assaulted me, uh, tore my eardrum. I had bleeding on the brain and I just stopped everything. Lost my faith and humanity, my faith. And anything and everything, I stopped playing. And I stopped playing for about 23 years. So now I'm teaching piano again. I'm starting to collaborate with other artists. I'm starting to write again. I'm getting ready to start recording again. And uh, I just, being back in music is just such a, it's just a beautiful place for me to be. It's where I exist. It's who I am. And it's everything that ever made me. And so to reclaim that and take that back, um, from from just that horrible traumatic experience has just been um, it's been incredible. It's incredible to sit down and play again and uh, write again. Yeah, it makes me it, like the hairs on my arms were standing up. I was feeling tingly because I know when you get in touch when you start doing the healing when you get in touch with who you really are what you get to take back that has still always been within you so being able to reclaim that for you thrills me to no end <laughs> thank you for saying that and for me too like um Another thing of putting myself out there, I went to a party and um, it was with my husband's band. He's a musician. And uh, one of the singers, she's an incredible singer, powerhouse. So she was sitting at the piano doing something. And I said, let me play Imagine with you. Uh, John Lennon's Imagine. And we sat down and I just, I messed with the chords and started playing and she was following me and my, and I didn't know my husband was recording me. So later on, she came back to me and she said, Hey, I'm going to send you this song. I want to put this up. I want to record this. Will you do this with me? This just happened in the last two weeks. So I'm like, Ooh, I get to get back on that stage and perform again. I I'm just, I'm over the moon. I'm so excited. And one of the things that as we kind of get to this place of wrapping up that I want to make a comment on is you were naturally just following that what felt good to you inside, what was right and true for you. You were not trying to impress anybody. You were just moving forward. And I have to tell everybody listening, when you start following and doing what is true and right for you, like magical opportunities kind of open up because you're in a place of receiving when you're doing that. So I love that you just followed that bliss and you get an opportunity out of it. And that is one of the things that happens so much. Um, okay. So joy, 
tell us who you work with, how they get in touch with you, what you can help them with. Well, you've told us what you can help them with. Um, <laughs> but tell us how the things, how we can get in touch with you and work with you. Yeah, thank you again, Janae, for having me on today. I just loved our conversation. So I am a financial advisor with Edward Jones. You can reach me on the email joy.rollins at edwardjones.com. I am here to help you with retirement, with investing, with saving for purchasing homes and cars, getting your debt in, in order, uh, budget plans, life insurance, long-term care. I do it all. Uh, the only thing we don't do is lend. No lending. We don't create debt. Um, but I would love to help you. Um, and again, you can reach me at that joy.rollins at edwardjones.com. Or you can call 303-452-3216. I know I'm pretty down to earth. So if you don't want a hoity-toity financial advisor, I'm the one. <laughs> I think that they know that you're down to earth. Here's <laughs> <laughs> <You're so> hoping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And for those of you who are looking to be who you were born to be and do what you were born to do, and you want to have that career empowerment, perhaps you want to transition into something that you love. <laughs> so if you're looking for true career fulfillment, you can join a conversation with me just by going to my website and you can get the free career guide that's on there. It's five secrets to switch to a great career. And that's at JaneaBarnes.com. And that's G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. Or if you're really ready to take the leap and step into being who you are born to be and finding that true career fulfillment, book a call with me. And you can do that at Book a Call with Jenea. Again, that's G-E-N-E-A dot com. Book a Call with Jenea dot com. We're here with Joy Rollins. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, all this talk about music made me want to sing, which may be a dismay to some people, but I don't care. Anyway. Uh, thank you so much, Joy, for sharing your joy and spirit with us today. And uh, for those of you listening, we will see you next time on Be The Wolf. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.